Welcome to Clear Talk. I'm your host, Armin Shafi. On this episode, we talk about the upcoming financial crash that's about to happen and what to do about it, accurate thinking, how to find out what you want in life, and should you go into business with your family or not? Enjoy. Look, look, these we're in we're in historic times, okay? Let, let me do some quick we're in, we're we're making history right now, okay? We have never ever been in anything like this in history before. We've been through worse worse than coronavirus, but never before have we been through these kind of procedures where everybody's staying home. You know, this is my bedroom. I've redecorated it to the studio. Um, I totally have not, but we come here when we have to. Most of my team actually is working mobile right now from home, which is really cool. I also get a lot of stuff done from home before I even have to come into the office and get some stuff done. So it's really cool. Everyone's adjusting. I love seeing humanity come together. I was saying something yesterday, um, talking to someone. I said, you know what's beautiful about this entire situation? I made a post yesterday saying that there's, you know, uh, things might seem bad right now, but... There's always two sides to every coin, and someone's like, "Enlighten me with the with the with the with the good side." I said, "I will. My content's gonna be coming out, so don't worry." But here's one of the part of the good sides, the, the two sides of the other coin, the other side. Isn't it beautiful to see how harmoniously, how effectively humanity is coming together all around the world to put us into this like catastrophe that's happening? Um, it's so beautiful to see. I mean, we're putting aside the all the different types of warfare, like economic trades, pharmaceutical. There's a lot of stupid things happening between China and America, and like in Europe, and it's it's re- it's really a mess. But that's between the egos of men in power. That's not humanity. I don't count that as humanity. I call that I call that ego. But humanity itself, like between people who are coming together, and making videos for each other, what they're doing in cities, like. It's so beautiful. I don't think ever in history before have we been able to witness what a massive global problem like this could cause us to become. And so my first takeaway from a good side of all this is simple. It's so beautiful to see what people are, what people are like in the middle of a massive challenge um, when it affects all of us. So I think it's beautiful. I recently watched an interview. I was watching an interview yesterday with Valuetainment. And um, value statement, uh, Bet David, and he had two um, experts, and I think they were experts in coronavirus or disease outbreaks or something. They were they were very high up in uh, the states with working with the subject. They were both one of them was from the military, whatever. It's really really good interview. I'd highly check it out. Value statement, Bet David, uh, and the two they're older gentlemen, white hair. So like when you see the thumbnail, you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, there's a Hulk in the back. He has a really cool studio there. So they're talking for like two hours, and I'm blown away at how incredibly sophisticated Bet David is. And so, you know, Bet David, if you ever watch this, uh, first of all, I'm gonna meet you soon in my future. I am also going to either be interviewed by you or interview you. It'd be my honor. Um, I want to meet this guy. He's—I uh, didn't know—he's Iranian, so he's Persian. Uh, lives in the states, and he runs something called Value Salmon. He has four thousand offices around the world, insurance offices. So he built a company from scratch. If you guys are not familiar with him, he he released a video that went viral where he—it's like a—it's like the behind the scenes of an entrepreneur's life. And he's getting out of his house, going into a red Ferrari, and he's like knocking on doors, and and he's like no one sees all the struggle or something. So I remember seeing that like five years ago. So now I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, wow, this guy's super sophisticated. And I was blown away at um, how, how incredible 
um, he prepared his interview where he's asking such good questions. One thing I didn't know that was happening was that the UK, um, what he said in the interview is that the UK is practicing a certain type of rule where all the older people above 50, especially the ones who have issues already are supposed to be quarantined. They can't leave. But all the younger people, the 30, 40 or younger are allowed to still work. In the UK, apparently, that's how, I, I didn't check that. So don't call me on it. But that's what that David said in his interview. And so he asked these two gentlemen, he's like, why don't we try that on the north, on the western side of the world, uh, you know, North America? Why don't we try, you know, letting the younger people go to work because they're not affected because he did the research that, you know, 80% of people that get it actually heal themselves. Like their body just gets over it with no special treatment needed. So only 20%, um, uh, you know, I either uh, need special treatment or, you know, two or 3% of that dire. So I'm just giving some rough numbers, but I'm just saying in the interview, um, I remember hearing him and he was making um, such good points. And these two are like, well, then the kids would come home and affect the thing. But he said, yeah, but I understand. But then why don't you quarantine in a different place? Because he, he was making a, he was bringing up another problem that I think nobody, like most people are, you know, um, looking over, overlooking, is that in the midst of all this virus, no problem, that's a real thing. There is an extremely big economic problem happening. So, you know, and the US is like, it's 20% uh, unemployment rate right now. And if it drops lower than that, there's bigger problems than just the disease. And so in Canada, we're probably going to spiral towards that as well because we mimic them like five steps behind. And so he, you know, he was talking about if we go towards like a lot of people losing their jobs, there's bigger problems. Like poverty is going to be an issue more than a virus. So even if the virus gets fixed, then what are we going to do about the economic situation? And he was talking about, you know, there people are pumping in like whatever one, uh, the government's pumping like $1.5 trillion into uh, the, the the country to kind of stabilize and give out free money so everyone could like keep continuing to spend and that's how the economy works right and he's like I think it's gonna make three or four or five trillion um, whether it was from that interview or another interview I was watching a lot of interviews yesterday but my point is I was watching him and then uh, the two gentlemen one of them were a specialist in this and he said um, actually in Italy uh, he said uh, bet David asked he's like well most people in Italy that passed away there's a lot of people that that got caught he's like were they not older he was asking and, uh, and the, one of the specialists said, actually 90 out of the research, 99% of the people that were, uh, that were casualties in, not casualties, casualties, no. is that, doesn't count, that's like death and war, right? Yeah. My bad. Um, the ones who passed away from the virus, 99% of them were elderly and already had a pre-existing other illness that was already severe. So it was only the people that are extremely weak that passed away. It's not only, I'm saying there's still, still 1% that happened. And Bet David's like 99%, like not 95, he's like, no, 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 99. So almost everybody were elderly and already had some type of issue already happening in their body and they passed away. And so I didn't know it was that high, okay? You can go watch it yourself, fact proof it yourself. I don't really care. I just, I'm letting you know, he, Bet David's like a legitimate, like when I watch his stuff, this guy does his homework. So he even in another video gives you like 10 of the most credible names to actually listen to during all of this. And he creates an entire breakdown on coronavirus. It's beautiful what he's offering. It really is value-tainment. Uh, here I am cross-promoting like <laughs> another show, but I want I want you guys to get as much good gold as possible. And he's definitely one person I approve. I think he's great uh, and I'm a fan. So my point is I watched the interview and I learned so much. And uh, he's way more concerned about the economic issue happening, uh, the economic crash coming about coming up than the virus. The virus is still an issue, but he's like, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't look like um, we're going to know what to do about the economic issue. So 
great interview. Um, you guys should check that out. My whole thing is now uh, that's a that's a that's a that's not a bad like I don't know I don't have sides but when I look at observant uh, uh, observantly like um, not observantly. Um, you so objectively, when I look at it without opinion, like I could do my best to be objective, even though I have to, like I'm subjective because I'm a younger person working. Um, it does sound like um, most people get it and it just passes them like a bad cold. And so those people should continue to work because even if they get it by them, like with each other, they won't. There's a very, 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 very low chance or but from research, it looks like there's no chance that they can actually die from it. So I thought he was just proposing how to balance out the economy while this is all happening by still letting people that are younger work. And um, and so it was an interesting thought. It was an interesting thought, uh, you know, and maybe all the elderly, maybe the government should just send all the elderly to like a retreat, you know, like every <laughs> like all like like one billion of them or whatever, how many there are, just send them to like Hawaii and like, you know, maybe that'll be an issue. But my point is maybe they should just give away like like homes, secure homes for them for the next two weeks instead of stopping the entire country. So there are bigger consequences to having the entire country stop. Like you guys have to look, you know, a year ahead. You can't just be like, but everyone should be staying home. Well, yeah, no, everyone should stay home and work and work. I'm seeing only ads. I'm only seeing all the people say stay home. They're forgetting the part and work. <laughs> you can't just stay home and do nothing. Then the country collapses. Everybody loses everything. If you're not working and making money, whether from a company or as an employer or an employer, whatever, then the economy is going to decline because nobody's spending money. And so there's no businesses making money. And so because of that, your productivity drops. You're not making any money. You're not spending any money. So the entire economy starts to go inward and supply goes extremely high. Demand goes extremely low. Now they have to lower prices, which is what deflation is, right? For all you guys getting a quick little lesson on economics, deflation happens. Everything becomes cheaper. And then we start to go into a crash where no one has the opportunity to make money. The only way to save that is to make sure we continuously spend and earn. How do we do that? Well, the government's brilliant idea. I'm not, by the way, I'm not a politician. I don't have a political view about this. I'm just giving you information. Do with it what you will. The government's solution to this, both America and Canada that I've only been looking at, I don't know about around the world, is to pump free money into the economy. So like, why don't we give out a lot of zero interest rate loans so that a bunch of people get a bunch of money that they don't know how they're going to pay back so that they can keep spending the money they don't have. I'm like, what? That makes no sense. Because don't they have to raise productivity so they make more money? Shouldn't they learn how to stay home and work and adapt to this? They can't just sit there and do nothing because then they're consuming, not giving. So the ones who are making money are very few now. Only very few companies can survive through this. Grocery stores, internet companies that like provide entertainment from home, um, uh, you know, real estate, um, truck drivers because they still got to transport stuff every now and then. But like, that's not sustainable. And so I, I was looking at it. I don't have an opinion about this, nor am I an expert in this. But I was looking at it from a civilian, like a citizen of Canada. I'm just looking. I'm like, does this make sense? I was questioning it. I like to question a lot of things. It didn't look like it makes sense. I, from what I know, I could be wrong. Um, you know, do we have any, anyone online right now? Let's, actually, I could check myself. I got my yeah. little laptop here. Let me see what's going on here. So my point in all of this, by the way, is, um, is you know, I don't think the solution is ever to give away something for nothing. Um, the reason I say that is because here I, I am. questioning a lot of things. It didn't look like it makes sense. That's me. 
Um, we got a bunch of people on right now. Emily, Jessica, Bernice, Jennifer. What's going on, everybody? By the way, if you're on right now, share challenge. Share this video right away. If you can, so we can get this out there and get some people getting some good information into their system. So my thing is, um, as, as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm watching all this, I'm thinking, does this work? Well, I don't think ever. I don't think in any situation giving something for nothing is good for the human body, for the human mind. Reason is if a bunch of, if millions of people start to collect money, like I know the government's providing employment, they're pushing, they're deferring mortgages in Canada so you don't have to pay for six months, hopefully rent as well for a lot of people. Um, but they're also covering like up to a thousand to 1300 bucks per employee for salaries. They're, they're like giving out a lot of free money. So like you can survive this. But here's the problem. With every action comes a reaction. Every cause there comes an effect. So if government's pushing out a lot of money that's free and not earned, first of all, that, that's uh, encouraging the wrong habits because everyone's going to stay home and do nothing. There is a very high chance from the work, st work I study from Thinking Grow Rich that they will fall into a very bad drifting habit of not doing anything. And then it's going to be hard to get back on their feet to work for money again, which is a problem or to earn money from doing whatever they do. So, uh, got here at home, create, expand, own business, both services and pro Yeah, it's cool, Jennifer. That's awesome. You're working from home. Um, that's good. Great insights. No problem, Bernice. Uh, what else we got here? Time to see the world with a new set of eyes now. Yeah, absolutely, Bernice. Like, this is going to change everything. So, my whole thing is this now. Um, when I'm looking at this, like, if we give a bunch of free money to people, th that doesn't save the economy. That just prolongs the problem. That was deep. This is not an opinion, by the way. Recording on the... Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Uh, like, I'm going to say that again. Giving a bunch of free money out to the citizens of a country, like a bailout, doesn't, doesn't solve the problem. It only prolongs the problem. It, I, I said something even nicer before, but you have it now, right? Um, the reason is because people need to learn to adapt and earn money anyways. By the way, quarantine or no quarantine? Like, if you're at home, yeah, learn how to make money from home. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be launching my program, online program, for people to learn how to speak on camera and be able to sell knowledge they have and, and make an income from that. I have clients that are making money in the midst of all this happening. And so I want to help as many people as possible. That's what I'm doing. So I, I'm trying to encourage like people learning how to monetize skill sets that they don't even know they have, that they can develop from home and make money virtually. And so... But like, but giving away free money to everybody isn't going to fix anything. It's just going to make them spend money they don't have, which is what got us here anyways. Nobody, nobody expected a recession to happen from a virus causing us to go into quarantine so we can't work. Everyone thought like eventually it's a bubble and it'll burst, meaning on a majority level around the country or around the world, people can't pay the debts they have. And so interest rates have to drop. People have to get bailouts. Like that's how usually a recession happens. But this is interesting because nobody expected it to happen this way. But here it is. Don't be in denial. Uh, Ray Dalio, one of the uh, 25th, 25th richest men in America. Incredible. He runs uh, Bridgewater House. Uh, is it Bridgewater House? It is Bridgewater House. Um, he has a great interview with Value Tainment as well um, with Bet David. And uh, I didn't know this, but he anticipated, he put a bet down on a $1.5 billion bet in November of last year that the market will crash in March of this year. This is when you know like, he's not a wizard. He's, he's, he just knows how to analyze data and see patterns. I don't know if that bet went through because when I was watching another video, 
Um, apparently his $1.5 billion bet, like he withdrew it or I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I just know he put a bet down that the markets will, the markets will crash in March. So he was right. And he'd be like, you know, the king of the hill right now. If he, if it went, if like he had that bet still, but I think he doesn't have the bet anymore. Um, like he, he put like, a he put, a uh, I think he, I don't know if it's options. I don't know how hedge funds like work, but if it's an option, that means he sold against the market because it was inclining. And if you look at like February, like. 18th it was like this and like between february 18th and march 18th it literally went like this so it's crazy i've been watching the markets as well i'm not an investor or stock or anything like that but i love seeing this stuff because this is our world right in front of our eyes right yeah emily said nothing is free absolutely emily nothing is free and i think giving away anything for free right now other than like food water shelter that's fine i think it's encouraging the bad habits and so the only people that will not like that that viewpoint are the ones who really crave something for nothing. And so I, I, I challenge you to be self-aware. I would never want, um, like I'm not saying I'm not going to go for if the government does handouts or whatever to help us out. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like apply to see if I can take care of my employees or my company. I'm not saying that. I, I am applying. My point though is that's not making me go into now I'm doing nothing mode. My point is if I get it, see the, the economy would be fine if we did things with like, if we went to get a hundred thousand dollar loan, we actually did something to make two hundred thousand with it. That would make a good economy, because then the money would come. I pay the person back with interest, and I made my profit. That is what good capitalism is. The problem is when we approve loans and credit to people that aren't going to do that. Right. It's okay if you fail, right? That's okay. A small percentage of people fail in business. Actually, no, a big percentage just goes. But I think it's because they actually don't have the habit of knowing what to do with their money. So, so this is all I'm saying. Um, with that being said, that was my 25 minute brief, a uh, 20 minute brief on what's happening. I'm super like fascinated by what's happening because I want to learn more. This is the first time in history we've done like like countrywide. Um, quarantines and and you know doing like state emergencies like this is interesting stuff it's like a movie so if you guys enjoy movies i love movies uh, we're living in a movie okay so bernie says the quiet time at home allows us to tap into some of our hidden talents yes you know absolutely you should be looking into what what you like first of all like i said in the last episode if you're not comfortable being at home with yourself uh, you got bigger problems, not coronavirus, right? <laughs> like you need to, you need to be reborn. Hashtag, right? Um, uh, we got, we got a lot of people on Jennifer, Joanne, Sue. What's up, Sue? Um, I got Philip putting a link in the in the comment section. We got yes, the economic fallout will be cata- uh, catastrophic, but even with the highest level of isolation and protection, doctors and medical workers are catching it. Should we should we let the medical system collapse worldwide? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all good questions, right? Um, these are all good questions. I mean, no one, I, I believe this, no one person in this world has the answer. There's, there's no way, right? As a human collective, like we have to come together and, and work to do as do the best we can to respond to this. Um, but my, my mess, if there's one message I have, if there's one message I have to you, from Armin to you at home watching, would be... Um, Choose hope mentally over the fear of what's going to happen. Choose the hope that things are going to be better over the fear of what's going to happen and continue to work towards your goal and find a freaking way. Like I was like lifting water bottles in my house this morning doing a chest workout. Okay, like that's I'm doing what I can to maintain my goals fitness-wise. If you're not working out at home and you were working out in the gym, you just don't want your fitness goals bad enough. You need to know, you got to get committed right now. More than ever now is the time to be committed 
to be dedicated, to be persistent, to be consistent, and to be disciplined. More than now, more than more, you know, more time than ever. Now is the time to do that. Now is also the time to to you know seek other ways to replace your income that you used to make otherwise, where you you can't make now. You need to start learning how to do new things. You know, um, a great great philosopher once said, "The world will change, and if you don't change with it, like you'll just die. You'll die off. It's, it does that doesn't work. You need to adapt." We are in the middle of it. This is not a temporary thing. It's not like next week we're going to wake up, everyone's fine again. The world. No. Do you understand what it means when a country goes on a national security emergency? That means we're going to be here for a while, guys. So adapt to it. Be like, all right, this is life for the, little, for the next little while. What am I going to do? So I already made my, my, my actions. I'm, like, I'm going to go buy some dumbbells because I'm not going to keep pretending that I'm going to go back to the gym next week. So I'm going to go buy some dumbbells, some home work, workout equipment so I can actually have real good workouts at home. That's me taking action on my fitness goals. I'm going to find a way to start getting, my client, uh, getting all my clients in my programs online so I can still continue to teach what I teach and help people out. These are the steps I'm taking being intelligent about all of it. So... I got a lot of people commenting as well. Maybe this will bring some families together. Yes, that's a good one. Or break them apart. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I do see a lot of families now fighting over like the political views and all the stuff inside the house. Don't do that. If you're watching this and you're a parent because you have the authority in the house, don't let your family break harmony because of the fear. That's why I'm saying choose hope over fear. Fear will cause you to be disharmonious with your family. So hopefully it brings families together. I don't think that's the, the more probable cause. I think the most probable cause is it's going to bring families together to, to like rip each other apart because everybody's under pressure and now they're in a house together. That's a, <laughs> Try to put a bunch of angry dogs in the same cage. That's, that's, that's a problem, right? So Emily, I, I hope, you know, it goes your way. Um, you know, but if you need help, let me know. Uh, message me personally. I work with that kind of stuff. My point is, um, you know, families, um, I think the leaders of households right now should be extremely um, aware of the harmony in their house because there's more reasons now than ever to be stressed or anxious or fearful and angry or, or you know, edgy. So I really do think um, people need to, in the house, um, choose their love with each other in the relationship over everything else. So turn off the TV if it's making you anxious. You know, don't wrong each other for things that you think if your son or, or daughter thinks it's right to do this thing and about the whole situation as the mother or father, just be like, wow, you're very smart for that. That's good. That's awesome. Like encourage them. It's okay. Even if you don't agree with them, because your harmony with your family is more important than your political view or being right. So just make sure that this doesn't give you a reason to like not like each other, because that's probably more likely than, okay, guys, the whole world's under emergency. Let's all go and uh, play, uh, you know, Uno. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to go home, as I've been seeing in my family and other people's families. I think people are going to go home. They're going to put on CNN. They're going to start watching what everyone's saying. Then one person's going to be like, this is stupid. We should all this. And that person's going to be like, no, you don't understand. And one person's going to be like, and then this is the family dynamic for the next you know, six months because you're not going to be quarantined for six months. But if you're going to be quarantined for the next month, which looks like that, you know, like make sure that's not the pattern or else everyone's going to be staying in their own rooms, not talking to each other. That's going to break a family apart. Like, think about this. If your family before quarantine didn't want to be around each other, trust me, being forced to be around each other is not going to help, okay? <laughs> right, guys? Like, you know, you got... Maybe now more than ever, I should, I should uh, launch a reborn at home curriculum so that families can, like, watch together, you know, and, like, help each other out. Anyways, now is the time more than ever, like, to go inside and be like, what do I like? Like, if your company shut down after all this, like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, think like that. Not saying that it will, but I'm saying at least be prepared. 
so that you know what you kind of want. Okay, so let me just zoom in more. Joanne says, find the positive and take action now. Yes. The, uh, Sue says, this is also a test for light workers to step up the world. Yeah, like if you're in the business of helping other people get through things, you're, you're, the whole world's now your client. Let me say that again. If you're in the business of helping people get through things, the entire world is now your prospect. Get out there and start helping, okay? Um, not just the country, the whole world. Yeah, Joanne. Terry, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Melissa, yes, this is as well. I'm going to be sending Reiki to our planet. Good. Do whatever you got to do. Carrie, Nick, what's going on? Jennifer says, um, uh, break apart. Yes, who to vote? Never the same. I don't know what that meant, but I love you anyways. Catherine, welcome. I hope you're writing that book. Uh, Sue says, channel chaos into harmony. Absolutely. Uh, Jonathan said, uh, Jonathan's on. Welcome. By the way, if you guys are on right now, share this episode. Share it so that people can go out there and stop watching news and start watching Clear Talk and get some clarity in their life. Jennifer says, all lions in same confined place now, so get own space on Eve. Jennifer, I love you, but you're missing a few words in between those sentences, so it's hard for me to read them. Um, Elise, what's up? That's, that's why I'm happy to be in the house alone. Okay, good, Elise. You're alone. Now it's time to just make imaginary friends. That's what I did. All right. We got, uh, we got two blessings, Melissa. Okay, awesome. Jennifer, yes. Bernice, we got hearts coming in. Thanks, guys. Bernice, I've encouraged my children to think about uh, a charity they'd like to support and write up a plan. That's awesome, Bernice. That's so good of you like to get your children to start thinking proactively about helping the world. That's awesome. Travis, what's up? Tanya, what's up? Welcome to the show. Nick, I think meditation and visualization is essential at times like this to relax and keep your immune system up. Absolutely. If you have stress, your immune system is going to decline. Um, so don't let that happen. Elise, I'm having trouble seeing the other side of the coin with the uncertainty of the situation in the future. Absolutely, Elise. If you focus on the uncertainty of the future in the world, you can. it's very hard to see the positive side. If you could focus on the future of yourself, it's very easy to focus on the positive side because it's your choice what you're going to do. It, yeah, things outside your control are going to happen, but what you do about that is up to you. Then you could choose to do positive things about it. Now you can see how easy it is to see the positive side of the coin. I hope that helped, okay? Glenda, what's up? Welcome to the show. Uh, when voting time, family fall apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer, you're saying when people vote, family falls apart. Yeah, honestly, in a family, who cares whose opinion is right? Like a family, the purpose of a family when you're together, stay in harmony. Like even if uh, that doesn't mean excuse stupid actions from your kids. Like if you're, if you're a parent watching this and your kids are completely like, I'm going to go do some heroin. Like, you know, I just think uh, now's the time. No, the, the, the cops are going to come arrest me because it's quarantine. You know, don't, don't, that's how I'm not saying, okay, little Billy, go ahead and do that. No. What I'm saying is find something productive to do with the family and don't let different perspectives come in and ruin the harmony, okay? Um, Leon, Linda, if you guys are watching this, share it. That's good. I'm seeing a lot of shares, by the way. Thank you guys so much. Okay, we're at 30 minutes into the show. Let's get into some questions. I know you're still entrepreneurs. You have some questions to ask. Hopefully, they're relevant. I'm going to do my best. If they're relevant, if they're not, I will skip them. Um, I love everybody watching. Just know my heart is out to every single one of you. If you're going through this, if you have coronavirus, my heart's to you. The good news is majority of people heal naturally without special treatment. That is a fact now. If you Google it, look, look it up. Specialists are saying it's not a deadly virus, only deadly for specific types of people. If you're older and you're dealing with stuff already, make sure you don't leave your bedroom. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I had a friend said my family came over. And his, uh, and his nunna came over, like his grandmother. And <laughs> his grandma comes in, and his mom's like, stay back! Stay back! <laughs> no, because my friend, he had like a, a stuffed nose, but he's not sick. He just has a stuffed nose, bad sinuses. So he goes, oh, what's going on, nunna? Right? Does this. And his mom's like, stay back! 
stay back. Stay out there. All right, let's get into. It. We got we got a lot of people on live right now on Instagram. Do we got anything happening? I'm not I'm not saying anything yeah, to Instagram. Yeah, a lot of people are on. Um, Hello, a lot of people. Sending hearts. Okay, good. Crying faces. Crying faces, laugh faces. Good, good, good. It's good, it's good. This is a good show. Okay, let's get into it. All right. Information is easily accessible online. How do you filter the right information from the wrong information? Ooh. So information is easily accessible online. How do you how do you filter the wrong information versus the right information yeah. for what? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Guys, gotta ask better questions. Um, question is really good though. I'm going to assume that it says write information to achieve your goal. Mm -hmm. If you're an entrepreneur, you have a goal. Let me give you some, let me give you some perspective. Okay. The right information, by the way, this is a chapter in law of success called accurate thinking. It's not in thinking grow rich. It's in the law of success by Napoleon Hill called accurate thinking. Accurate thinking comes down to this. I'm going to give you a little training. Okay. It says accurate thinking. Okay. So here's what, here's how you separate facts. Okay. The first level of filtration between uh, you know, useless information and use, useful information is this. Look, you get some data, right? Data comes in. You need to separate the data into, first, what are facts and what are opinions? I told Lauren that once upon a time I don't have any pet peeves. I just found one. It's bad marker. <laughs> Facts versus opinions. You need to you need to separate when data comes in. You need to separate the facts from the opinions. What I mean by that is make sure your source of information is reliable. So how do you know it's reliable? It comes from a reliable source. Okay. So lots of by the way, especially in times like this, this is an in incredible problem because everybody's just throwing away opinions. We we said um. They were saying on the on the on the uh, Bad David interview that you know we might be having a pandemic, but we're also going through an infodemic. Meaning, we have so much information on the internet, and that's causing perpetu perpetuated fear. So it's like unnecessary fear. Okay, so let me make sure these are good. Which one's better? Right, top one's better. Okay, so it's better. And yeah, better. Okay, good. So, so right now you need to learn how to, um, how, how to be able to separate facts from opinions because opinions can fog your mind up. So when you're, when you get some data, right? Like here's my favorite question. When someone tells me something, I like to say, be like, how do you know? If, if you give me their opinion, I'll be like, how do you know? And if they don't know how they know, or they heard it from somewhere, I don't even make a relevant, like, I'm like, I don't want to hear this opinion anymore because it's not a fact. Now, this doesn't mean become super like strict, like not hearing anyone's opinions. But what I'm saying is when it's coming to making decisions, taking information online and separating it from useful and not useful, the first filtration you must do is facts, facts versus opinions. Okay. Facts versus opinions. Once you know to facts can be like from an actual reliable, dependable source of a institution of a person who's done it, like something like that. Right. An opinion is just like something they heard about something. Usually it's made up. Here's what's worse. In the Reborn Experience, I talk about this because beliefs are just opinions that you've accepted as true. Ooh, that's a big one. Um, oh, that's terrible. In Reborn, we talk about this. People are like, but, but life is like this. I go, how do you know? And they go, well, uh, 
and we go down to like they just heard it once when they were a kid and they thought it was real. They heard an opinion, they thought it was true, they accepted it as truth, and then they made it made it uh, made it into a belief in their mind. And now it's like who they are. I'm just this way. No, you're not. You're made up of all the crap you went through when you grew up. So once you separated the data facts between opinions, then in the facts side, you need to separate it in two different ways. What's relevant? And what's not relevant? Because even in the fact side, you can still waste your time with a bunch of things that doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. So when you're making a decision, it's if it's to base your, you have to base all of your decisions on, or most of your decisions on, facts that are relevant. And so inaccurate thought is your looseness, your lack of discipline, and the idea of letting opinions come in and you taking it as a fact or letting facts come in that are not relevant to sway your opinion. So that's how you, that's how, this is how you separate, this is how you separate data online from um, useful, what was it, from the right or wrong information. Yeah. This is the wrong information, so is this. When you have a goal and you're working towards it, you should only be thinking about the facts that are relevant towards your purpose. And so now someone says, well, but Armin, um, you know, how do I know if it's relevant? Relevant to what? Good question. My answer, relevant to your purpose. Relevant to your purpose. That's my answer. Relevant to your goal. And, and so that's how you know how to separate Facts from opinions and the facts that are relevant and not relevant. Relevant to your goal. You only need to know what you need to know from a reliable source to make decisions. Make sense, everybody? Okay, so let me... That answers your question? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, good. Question. Okay, what's the next question? What are the steps I should take to know exactly what I want? Ooh, that's a good question. What are the steps I need to take to know exactly what I want? What if I answered this in a way that you weren't expecting? What if I told you, you know what you want? What if I told you, you know what you want? Like there are no steps to this. You go, but Armin, if I knew what I want, I would know. I wouldn't ask the question. Here's the problem. You know what you want. Everybody knows what they want. Okay, this is a good question. <laughs> I answered this actually kind of um, when I went to the school to, to, for Think Bigger when I was doing a, a class. Most people know what they want, okay? There's only one step you have to take. You don't have to take any more steps. The step is simple. Stop letting other people's opinion sway you. Stop caring about what others think, and I promise you, you'll know exactly what you want. The problem is this. Let's say this is Bob. And Bob's like, wow, I would love this. I want this. I have this desire, right? I have this desire. They start working towards it in their life. Maybe they're a kid, maybe they're an adult, whatever. And then someone shows up and says, this is Billy. Billy says, watch this. That looks like a real pissed off Billy, okay? <laughs> Billy comes up and says, that's stupid. Or that's not possible, or blah, 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 blah. Then Bob quickly turns into, uh, oh no. I can't have this anymore because Billy thinks it's stupid. You're like, Armin, it's not that simple. No, it's actually very much that simple. You want something, you go in life, and other people start telling you something that makes you not want it. It's as simple as this. Everybody started with something they've always wanted, right? 
problems with problem is when they grow up, everyone else starts convincing them that they can't have it, or they shouldn't, or they're not worth it. So if you can just get rid of Bob, or sorry, Billy, and everyone else's opinions, you will be crystal clear with what you want, and you will work towards it. And so my first step to you would be this, as as a to answer the question. My first step is this. Stop caring about what everybody else thinks when you're thinking about what you want. First. Because you can't think about what you want when you know someone else thinks it's stupid or you can't have it or whoever it is. Okay, it's a very, very big step. It's not simple to do. But if you do it, you're free in life. You're completely free. You got to get rid of Billy. Now let's say you got rid of Billy. Okay, you got rid of Billy. Billy's not there anymore. And you say, okay, I know what I want. And I'm going to get it. So you start working. This becomes the beginning journey of the beginning journey of finding out what you want out of life. Now, here's the thing. Here's how you do it. Maybe you're like, I don't know where to start with what I want. No problem. There's this little trick I found. It's called I've always. It's called I've always. So I, I found a pattern in people when I started coaching, uh, you know, three years ago. I realized people always talk like this. When I talk to them, I go, so what do you want? Like, what do you want in life? Whatever. I, I talk to them about something. I realized whenever someone starts talking about, like, their longing in life, like, they're, what's something they, like, they, they, um, they long for, like, they really want, they always say this. They always start with, you know, I've always and so I go, well, what do you want? They go, well, I go, well, why are you doing what you're doing? Maybe if they, they're doing something they really love, they'll be like, we well, you know I was a kid, I always used to imagine doing this. I always used to play this. I always used to do that. I always used to think this. When they say I've always, that's secret language or coded language for this is something that's been burning inside of me for a long time. When you start to say like, when you start going back to the stems of the I've always in your mind and in your life, you start to find the most natural, most organized, um, sorry, most originated desires in your life. And that's usually around something you want. I'll give you an example. For me, when I was eight, nine years old, when I was eight years old, I wrote my first song. I was in my bed. I couldn't sleep. I was pissed at my parents because I go to bed. It was eight o'clock. I'm like, eight o'clock. But at that time, I mean, no. <laughs> I, was eight, I was eight years old trying to go to bed at eight o'clock. I'm like, this is, this is uh, criminal. It's too early. So I sat on my bed and I started, and I was like a huge fan of like Masari, okay? He's a Lebanese singer. It's <laughs> a throwback right now. And he had this one song, right? And I was listening. I'm like, yo, I want to be like Masari when I grow up. So I always wanted to be like a performer because I thought performers have all the attention. They're popular and like lots of people like them. It's just my deep-rooted seed of uh, desires when I was a kid. So I started to write songs. And I wrote my first song when I was eight years old. And I pretty much took a Masari song and I remixed it with the words. And then since then, I started to learn how to sing more, and I was terrible at it. I started to learn how to rap. I learned that I could rap at 12 years old. I started to do music because I thought if I just become like Masari, then I'll have like, you know, girls, I'll have friends, I'll have all this stuff, right? It's a little boy that's, that's growing up and has desires. So I knew what I wanted, I worked towards it. Now, fast, uh, fast forward, I started doing like a studio in my basement. Now I'm recording other people. I was 16 years old. And I started like doing actual tracks and learning how to bake everything. And I look back. Now I'm a speaker, right? Now I do motivational speaking. I run trainings and I coach people. Now I look back, I go, how come I'm in this field and I love it so much? Because when I got exposed to it for the first time three and a half years ago, I didn't know it's possible for me to do this. I didn't know it's a real business or profession. But when I got into it, I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. I remember when I go back, I think, 
I've always, since I was eight, or since I was really young, even past that, I've always wanted to be a performer. Always. I always loved performing and making people laugh, making them smile. I always loved being in front of the spotlight or on stage, whether it was in front of my family or in front of you know a talent show, whatever. And I did those. So when I look at it, I go, wow, something I've always wanted in my life was relevant and related to the thing I've always, like what I, my purpose is today is what I've always thought about or wanted. So the problem isn't that you don't know what you want. The problem is you've listened to people that tell you you can't have what you want. The problem isn't that you don't know what you want. The problem is you've listened to people that told you you can't have what you want or you shouldn't. So this all stems again from social heredity, growing up in a place where people are literally just telling you what you should be and what you shouldn't be, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should think, what you shouldn't think, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. If you just stop all that noise, let your mind get clear, you'll know exactly what you want. You know, it's funny. I asked like five levels, six levels deep and people always know what they want. They go, I go, so what do you want? They go, oh, I don't know. I go, well, sure you do. What do you want? They go, well, I really don't know. I go, well, look, if you did know, what would you want? Let's just say in an alternate reality, you knew. What would you want? Then they go, uh, I really want this. I go, okay, why? They go, well, you know, because of this. And I go, but like, if you didn't get that, what'd you really want? See, I go deeper. Like, what would you actually want? Like, let's say I wave my wand, magic wand like this. You can't feel it, anything. Nobody matters anymore. You can, you can succeed no matter what you put your mind to. What would you do? And then they tell me, oh, well, you know, I've always blah, 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 blah. How come that was not the first thing they considered? Because it's buried down beneath, underneath all the opinions against it. That's the only problem. I'll tell you guys something, personally. If I had listened to everybody around me when I was desiring to build this business, I wouldn't be here today. Are you joking? I was a 20-year-old life coach. You tell me how that sounds. I was a 20-year-old life coach. Life. I haven't even started my life. I was coaching people about it. I look at it now and I laugh because I realize it's not even about time on earth. It's about your wisdom the, the, the experience you accumulate and the intelligence you accumulate and your ability to organize it into a fashion where you can actually do something with it. So in the last 40 years from 20 to 24, I've been able to accomplish far greater things than a lot of people because, not because I'm better, simply because I put into action large amounts of intelligence. That's what you call intelligence, knowledge, and I built something from it. So I produce results. Someone lives until 50 years old, does nothing with what they know. That person is no better than the person who knows nothing. And so in the last four years, I've been able to accomplish a lot of things. I think I'm just getting started. I haven't done anything yet. But because of those accomplishments, because of the accumulation of wisdom, experience, and intelligence and action I've taken, I've earned this kind of position where I may know a few things that a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old can even benefit from because that's not what they were seeking to learn and do. And so they don't have that muscle. So I learned that. But in the beginning, I didn't know that. So imagine I listen to mom, dad, brother, sister, business partners. I remember looking at my business partner. I'm like, I'm going to build a life coaching business. They're like, what? What What do you mean? I go, well, I'm going to coach people, like do sessions and help them out with their emotions and their thinking. And they said, how are you going to make money? That was the first thing they asked. I'm like, I don't know. All I know is a lot of people that do it make money. And if they can do it, I can do it. And I know I can do it. I was a belief in myself. I just started. So if I listened to people's opinions, I wouldn't be here today. I remember the first guy, I had a mentor back then. I asked him, I'm like, look, I'm doing my first seminar. How long should it be? 
He's like, do an hour. People don't like anything longer. Do an hour or else it'd be hard to keep people's attention. My first seminar was seven hours. I had one guy sitting in the room who had lower back pain. His name was Faraz. Lower back pain. Or Faruz. I'm like, anyone at the end. In the beginning, I put up people's hands. I'm like, why are you here, sir? He put up his hands. I'm just here to check this out. I'm like, all right. It was a free, it was a free event. At the end of the seven hours, he put up his hand to, to share how he felt. I go, yes, sir. What, uh, what was your experience like after the reborn experience? The first ever 48 people in a, in a tiny little room. He says, you know what's crazy? I've never sat anywhere more than three hours without having severe back pain and not being able to sit. I have not moved. Well, he, they moved. We did exercise. But it's like, I've been totally fine. No back pain for the last seven hours. Everyone gave him a round of applause. And I thought if I listened to that guy who didn't think he can do a seven hour seminar himself or didn't believe I can, it's just his opinion regardless, I would have done a tiny little seminar that would not have shown this man he can sit there without back pain for seven hours. My whole point to you is get rid of Billy. Just do what you want to do. I promise you it'll be very easy to know what you want. My step is get rid of people's opinions. That's the first step. Second step, go back to what you've always wanted, always loved, always did. One of my coaching clients, they make good money. They're in a corporate job. I said, what have you always been good at or always loved to do? They're like, I used to love to paint. When's the last time you painted? I can't remember. I'm like, what are you doing? Somebody probably convinced him that make, doing paintings can't make you money. What if you turn into a digital artist? What if you learn how to monetize that skill? What if you did art for the company? But because of opinions, you don't follow the thing you've always wanted. And the thing you've always wanted, I'll tell you this right now, it's deep-rooted into your, into your heredity, which means when you do it, it feels good because from, from a young childhood, you've always wanted it. That will make you very fulfilled and happy in life. Follow that. And whatever profession and business you choose to build, career you choose to create, make sure it encompasses those things you like. Make sure it's integrated with the things that light you up. I can't even imagine. I could be good at anything I put my mind to. Every one of you can as well. But I could never imagine doing something that doesn't encompass like the ability to speak to audiences, to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, to be able to be a personality, to bring people together. I could never imagine being in a position where I just work with numbers. Like I tried doing uh, stock trading before. I tried to do stock trading, option trading. So I did futures and I tried to do forex trading. I've done, I've done all the behind the screen kind of work because I thought I could make a lot of money fast. I'm not saying you can't, by the way, there's people who do, but I realize it's terrible for my personality. I'm sitting there for seven hours straight or two hours a day and I'm behind the screen looking at a chart. I'm like, what, the, what is this? I'm not happy. I don't even care if I made a million dollars right now because I'd probably make it and go spend it on doing things I'd actually love to do, which means I don't love to do this. I want to make a million dollars doing what I love to do. You can make money doing whatever you put your mind to. You just can't let anyone else convince you that you can't. That's my answer. Wow, we're at 12.57 already. We got some comments in the house. Ali says, I always wanted to be in the music industry and, I'm, uh, and, I'm, uh, uh, and I am as a publicist, but I wanted to be on stage and I'm not a good singer, so working on other ways to do that now. First of all, not being a good singer could be developed to being a good singer. Elise, I challenge you, go get good at singing. Some people sucked at singing before they learned how to vocalize and do pitch and work with someone. If you truly want and you've always wanted to be a singer, go get a singing coach. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Nothing. You just got to be one to pay the price and work until you get it. Three decisions. We, we talked about this in episode six or seven. Three decisions you got to make back of every, every desire you have to make sure you get it. Decide you're going to get what you want no matter what. Decide that you will do whatever it takes to get it and that you will never stop until you get it.
I promise you could be a good singer. By the way, see how you did that? I've always wanted this. Jennifer, I've always wanted is a good way to find your passion for what you want. Yes, I've always dot 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 is is like the embedded thing in you, right? So you got to follow that. Melissa says yes, so powerful. People with knowledge who do nothing with it are no better than the ones who who know nothing. Yes, although I feel we all have knowledge we can share. Absolutely, we do. But do something with the knowledge. We got Mike on. What's up, Mike? Hey, Rob. Melissa says maybe I didn't quote that exactly. No, no, no. But you you did it right. You said it right. Um, Jessica says, I've always want, I've always great insight. Yes. Follow that. Akira. Welcome. Alexandra. Welcome. Catherine says, don't, don't listen yet to the people's opinions. Um, I wanted to be a police officer when I was 18. I told, uh, and then I was told that I can never be one. Catherine, go be a police officer after you write your book. Why not? Go to the, show up to those people's houses. You are a great, help, uh, you're a great help. Thank you. No problem. Delia. We must tame the inner gr gremlins. Yes, Bernice. We got a lot of people on having some fun. All right. I think we're, I mean, we started a little late, so we'll go a little late. No problem. Um, one is on our end zone. The Instagram is, right? Okay, good. So what's the next question? Is it a good idea to bring your family into your vision slash business? No. Next question. <laughs> okay, let me answer this. <laughs> this is a great question, eh? Now, look, this is what the, there's, there's an exception to this rule. If your family and you have incredible positive mental attitudes, amazing personalities, all of you are in self-growth and self-development, like your parents grew up being speakers and motivational, whatever, I'm, that's not the only way, but they were grown up with good principles and they're really positive and they raised you guys as the kids really good. Yeah, totally. I think you guys should build a business together. Why not? There are businesses that are run by families and they work. There are families that do things together and they work. That is this much of the world. My, my fingers are touching, just in case you want to know. That was this much. There's no space between. There's this much. Majority of the world's families are dysfunctional, at least on our side, the Western side. I'm, I'm, it's different on the Eastern side because there are different values in the, in the, in the community there. Um, my big thing to you is this. this. Is, it, is it smart to bring your family into your business or your ideas, into your passions? I would say no. The exception is this. At least go and do it on your own before you try to bring them in like i'm not i'm not saying that in the future my brother or my mom um won't be in my future somehow like in my business they might i don't know if my brother ends up working with me one day i don't and I, honestly i would love that that'd be cool i don't know if my mom ends up working with me although i just want her she's been through so much in life i would rather just send her so she can go travel the whole world and have fun but i'm not saying i'm against that i'm just saying until i build something myself until my desire my passion my business has been built i'm not bringing anyone into it for my family because there's so much prehistory between us it's going to be an issue for example when i started my my seminar business my mom my brother and my dad were very supportive they were at my first seminar but it's not like i'm not going to expect anything from them i don't want them like if they didn't show up because they couldn't it wouldn't be a big deal to me but at that time, I remember like I didn't want them to like now help me with stuff. I just said thanks for coming. I just wanted you to see that I did this. But they already see they've seen me as the stupid Armin, as the young Armin, as the as the you know the foolish Armin, the stupid, the mistaken Armin. Like because of that past history between family members, it's hard to like see the future. So you have to disconnect, not disconnect from love. I mean, you gotta like disassociate and go build yourself before you try to bring anyone into it. Anyone, not just family. Um, but look, my cousins here, my cousin Upton. Um, yo, come in here for a second. Okay. First of all, no, no, quarantine. One time. Well, come in here, Wakanda. Wakanda. No, no, you got to turn around. Turn around. Wakanda. There you go. That's our hello. Even though this doesn't count, don't worry. We're, we're good, guys. We just won't touch. My cousin. This is my cousin. All right? We're not in here yet. You can come in. 
is my cousin Upton. Um, he is literally the person behind everything happening with this show. This show wouldn't exist without him. You know, I wouldn't have Instagram, like, like we have Instagram posts every day, not just from Upton. We have a team. But now, because of Upton, this is all real now. Now we're seeing ourselves. It's so delayed. Here you are, Bokanda. Okay. <laughs> Everyone say, hey, Upton. Um, so there you are. There you, are, there you go. Um, my point is, he's my family. He's my distant family. It's different. Like, he's my cousin. But my point is, it's not impossible. But I didn't go seeking him out. Did I? No. I even for the first... For, I won't lie. First seminar ever, I asked him to come DJ because I had no one else. Oh, yeah. But that's not me getting him involved in my business. It was him helping me out. Just like I would yeah. go to his restaurant in Richmond Hill Yummies and like maybe I'll like bring uh, clients over. That's not me. They're not expecting me to do that. I just bring my team over or customers. And I, give them, I give them cash, right? So that's different. But no, I wouldn't go out like I'm like up to I need you to build this with me. But what naturally happens is if it aligns with my family like he did, they'll come together. So, no, I would not encourage going out and seeking the expectation of getting help from them. That's very uh, true. Well, kind of real quick. Okay. Um, shout out to Jeanette who's watching because she knows she loves that. Um, so, so, can you repeat the question one last time so I can make sure I answered yeah. it? Is it a good idea to bring your family into your vision slash business? Yeah, so it's not a good or bad idea. It's just not a way you should start. Unless, like I said, your family is completely harmonious and that's not a problem. My, my thing is the majority of the time, no. Just go do your own thing. Everyone should do their own thing, build themselves up until you're such a self-aware, confident, no issue like person inside. Now, yeah, like why not? You can work with each other, but you all have to be on the same level of thinking, okay? Or else it's a problem. If, if mom is like here, son's here, brother's there, dad's here, it's gonna be weird, okay? No different than I wouldn't hire employees in my business if they were like completely unqualified. Here's another big thing I've learned from my mentor, Satish Verma, president of Thinking Grow Rich. He also says, you know, he highly encourages not to do this, by the way, not to work with family because you get into a sticky situation if you hire, uh, if you hire your family and then they're not qualified skill-wise or they have a bad attitude, now what do you do? Because they're, they're working for you or vice versa, it's hard to say go home. Now, because where they go home is where you go home, you got an issue, disharmony. So t to, for the better, all like the overall good of the family's harmony, I wouldn't encourage working together because you don't want issues to happen. At least with people that aren't your family, there is no like emotional stuff happening between you guys. So it's not personal. And so that's why it's actually a bad idea overall. But that's my answer to you guys. Is that good? Mm -hmm. What are we time at? A one minute and 10 seconds. One minute and 10 seconds. So guys, listen, this was Clear Talk episode 10. We are at 10 weeks in. Oh my goodness, we're going on to our third month. I, I told Upton when we first started, I'm like, I don't care if there's two people watching for the first six months. I just want to make sure we get live every single Monday and do this consistently. But I'm so happy that this is serving a great value for people. 30 seconds? 50 seconds. 50 seconds. All right, guys, so I'm gonna start playing this. Listen. Clear Talk, number one show for entrepreneurs who need clarity. We answer your questions, clear the fog in the mind by talking about it. And so remember, remember to stay focused on your goals. Every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be going live. And then you can catch the recording on YouTube. Put in Clear Talk with Armin Jaffe. Catch it on my IGTV on Instagram. 10 seconds left. What's that? And go to askarmin.com so you can get your questions answered. I love you so much. We'll see you soon again next Monday. Make the rest of your day the best of your day.